1: Hey, everybody, it's a special PGA Championship edition of the Shack House. We're going to talk about the final major of the season, a little bit about Steph Curry, about the career grand slam that Jordan Spieth is pursuing. And of course, we have picks and a great guest in Amanda. But first, a word from our good friends at Callaway. You know, the Epic is the hottest thing since sliced bread. This PGA Championship preview episode is brought to you, of course, by the hottest club on the planet Earth, the Epic Driver from Callaway, featuring, you know what, the jailbreak technology for big-time ball speed. It's the number one selling driver of 2017. If you haven't gone out and tried the Epic Driver from Callaway, get in the car right now and hit it today
0: podcast friends we are also happy to bring you this word from SeatGeek you know that buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing but there is a better and simpler way to buy and that is with SeatGeek they have the seamless mobile experience that permits you to buy and sell tickets in just two taps that's two taps There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. It saves you time and money, my friends, by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. SeatGeek also has plenty. I say plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available too. Best of all, the Shack House listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase to get that $20 rebate on tickets. Download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code, enter promo code HOUSE, that's H-O-U-S-E, HOUSE. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app, enter promo code HOUSE today. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for all things PGA, golf, and beyond. And now, my friends, let's go to the checkout! on the Ringer Podcast
1: Network. Greetings from Charlotte House. How you doing today? I understand you've already got a house of carbs in the can. Now you're ready to talk some, some golf, I, I would suspect. Shaq Daddy, I'm the hardest working
0: man in the podcast business, but <laughs> I will not let any of these other pursuits get in
1: the way of our allocation of capital. Hey, we have breaking news as we kick off the Shack House. The PGA championship will be moving to May and it will be the second major championship starting in 2019. So maybe just maybe somebody at the PGA of America will realize it doesn't need a slogan. I don't know. It's just a thought, but we've always felt like it was a little tacky. So um, it's, it's something I don't quite understand why they felt the need to have a, and they put it everywhere too. (laughs) And then Jim Nance used to say it and he's so happy not to have to say it anymore. Uh, So, Yes, they're yeah. moving to May starting in 2019, so no more uh, uh, ass sweating. After Bell Reve next year, you won't see people <laughs> ready to pass out. With and soaking course, wet
0: shorts? Oh, they're oh, not just, uh, soaking wet pants.
1: Pants. Well, now, you just touched You know what? We're going to nail two topics right off the bat that we hadn't planned on it. You know the players can wear shorts in the practice rounds now. The PGA announced this. I forgot about it, and I uh, I just looked up at my screen, and there was Jordan Spieth in, in shorts hitting uh, range balls with Cameron McCormick on Monday at Coil Hollow. Not so sure all- I'm a, a fan of the look myself. To be honest with you, it's <laughs> a major. They're grown men. They're oh, allowed to me. wear shorts. Excuse me, it's major, not a major. Uh, <laughs> gotta get my slogans right. I don't like it. I, 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 they don't look like pro. It's like a baseball player coming out and in, in batting practice wearing shorts, and it just it's it, it doesn't look professional to me. It's Monday.
0: Uh, what do you want them to do? It's Monday well, in, in North Carolina. The, it's August in North Carolina, and it's Monday. You know, I don't
1: understand. Uh, it's their thing. And next year at Belle Reve, where it'll be twice as hot, they'll be able to do it. And then after that, we'll be in May and everybody will be wearing, wearing sweaters and uh, trying to stay warm. So we got two important pieces of news out of the way um, uh, very quickly there, which I'm, I'm glad. And we'll we'll kick around the May ramifications more as we, well, we'll have a press conference Tuesday, but also this is a, this is a two-pronged trade. This is a uh, you know, this is you, Darvish, and oh wait, I'm sorry, I won't go. Don't there. That, even, that, don't that you dare! You. This is Dodger. this is there's 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 bartering going on here, and there's a lot more we have to find out. So the May thing will be an interesting topic. But House, let's talk about Steph Curry because we 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 didn't really get into him too much last week. I'll be honest, I was a little nervous about what would happen there, and I am so pleased, really, in so many different ways about the way he performed um up in the Mae classic on the web.com tour and yes we're going to talk about the web.com tour before we talk about a major cuz i just think this was really a, a special thing and i'm not sure if the greater sporting public sports fan if you will appreciates what he just did do you do you is that your sense
0: i agree with you part of that i think has to do with um the time of year that it is you know it's it's august it's clearly for for um Steph, you know, he's been in the public eye a fair amount after the the Warriors won the championship. He went to uh China. He's all over the social media making fun of LeBron's dance and and workout moves. I mean, <laughs> he's he, he stayed plenty busy. Yeah. This golf thing caught the attention of the golf public and was of interest to the golf public and and some of the the scolds came out of the woodwork to complain about uh the 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 slot that he was taking that might have gone ah, to some yes. other hardworking gentleman. Yes. very quick aside check. Help me with some very basic golf economics. yeah, i need I need I need a golf <laughs> economics lesson if If you're a professional, do you, are you playing for money? is that is that what that means in golf? That is correct In other walks of life, <laughs> when you're called a professional, that means you you make money. You earn money doing that doing that thing. That is correct. So, so this, this 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 tournament uh with these professionals in it um the way that they make their money help me again golf <laughs> economics 101 here is by sponsors who 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 are are typically corporate uh citizens companies that want to come in and and attach themselves to this golf tournament for the purposes of raising and elevating the profile of their business am i am i right still You're you're still right okay all right so a golf economics 101 the point for the sponsor who pays the money that goes in the pockets of the players is is always to elevate the profile to the extent that it can and still preserve you know the integrity of the tournament and the competition. Am I all of that is basically right? I think so. Uh, the idea of getting somebody who has a, a legitimate golf pedigree onto the golf course to perform and 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 you know perhaps take an otherwise quiet moment. On a second tier tour, and I, I don't—I don't mean anything pejorative by second tier. It's just not the PGA Tour, right? Um, and and create across the sports world, not just in 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 the walk walks of of golf life. Although the yep. golf world was on fire with it, but in all other kinds of sport, lots of folks on social media and otherwise talking about Steph Curry's performance. A ton of eyes, and notwithstanding all of the interest in it. Golf TV couldn't figure out a way to capture this. We we had you know the yeah. best we had was ESPN in a walk along kind of way right. showing some stuff. Um, but you know th- it was an incredible opportunity for for one of the top ten most well known athletes on the planet to take on this sport that we know and love, and uh, he performed beautifully. But there was still this undercurrent of of scolding and chiding um, because of you know the the uh, this notion this this completely fantastical idea that he was depriving somebody right. of some kind of opportunity.
1: Yes, well, this is kind of the atmosphere we've got with uh, with with pro golf at the moment, and it always has been the case where the the players maybe get a little bit isolated and they lose sight of the big picture. So. They only think about playing opportunities, and they don't think about what they do as an entertainment uh, product, and that's where we get some of that. Um, you also have had pro athletes before play on exemptions and not play very well. Um, the difference, though, in this case is that this is somebody who is in his prime, who just won his second championship, um, and is is really... Doing things that are really quite astounding, and he just then, after less than two months after winning that championship, took out his clubs and beat three guys uh the first round who have actually won tournaments this year on and you know you hate to call it the minor leagues or the triple a of the of golf, but it is, but that's a compliment it's a it's a great uh minor this is not the d league. This is more prestigious, I think, in 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 a sense, and that's why I like the AAA analogy. And to go out and do that, and maybe that's part of the problem too. Houses a lot of people in sports just don't know what the Web dot com tour is. That may have that may have hurt the the cause as well. Um, I thought the neatest thing, though, that was or the the best observation was Ricky Fowler, who pointed out that you know golf has some good athletes these days, and you know DJ and Gary Woodland could go out and play in a pickup game and look pretty athletic and 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 not too bad. But if you put them on an NBA court, <laughs> uh, they'd look like idiots. Uh, they'd look ridiculous. Uh, but, I mean, he didn't use those exact words, but that was the point. They're good athletic guys, but uh, you put them in the NBA game and they'd look foolish. You put Steph Curry with guys who are really, really good golfers, some of whom will be on the PGA Tour, some have already been on the PGA Tour, and uh, who are playing incredible golf week to week, and he didn't look ridiculous. He 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 fit in. You know, his swing's a little different than a pro golfer swing, but I think that was really a profound way to put to kind of encapsulate what what he pulled off in in uh, in doing this. Oh, and the other thing I loved, of course, house for him to be so upfront about what uh what that meant on the first tee, how nervous he was, how he lost the feeling in his hands. To have other athletes hear that, I think, is just so important to 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 really instilling some respect for golf and and what it is as a as a sport. The
0: uh psychological challenge that golf presented for him and, and to him and and the size and scope of that challenge is really uh indescribable unless you're hearing it from a guy like Steph Curry, who's achieved, you know, so much in his his chosen uh, athletic pursuit and is 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 also uh, compensated in a way that none of these guys on tour, including the PGA Tour, can imagine being compensated. Yeah. Um, and he talked about losing the, the sensation in and, and it was both days. He talked yeah. about the psychological challenge <laughs> he was he he was confronted by, and the the, the sheer sort of n- nerves of it all. I think one thing that helped is he has played competitive golf before, where that, yeah, that might but. distinguish him from some of other um, athletes. Now it wasn't in in high school, um, but I just found you 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 know what kind of pressure he is under performing on the stage that he performs on on the basketball court and for him to be that candid about the nerves he felt on the golf course that was the coolest aspect to me
1: yeah and then he's out fist bumping the kids and and he did the press every day i mean just it just was it was sensational and um the tv thing we won't go down that rat hole i did a post explaining why golf channel didn't do it why the pga tour uh blew it and if you want to go to JeffShackleford.com. I have a post up explaining all that, but we don't want to go there. We to we we have history on the line this week, House. We really do. Um, and I, and also, this is another one. I think speaking to the general sports audience, I'm not sure. And and I'll I'll, I'll admit, I even after doing some reading today on the plane, and I wrote a piece for Golf Week, uh, getting into the dynamics of the Career Grand Slam. I'm not sure how much people realize how incredible this feat would be if Jordan Spieth were to. Capture all four majors at an age younger than anybody else. Um, and, and do it this week, which he has that opportunity to do. This is his one opportunity to do it as the youngest person to, to ever do it. He obviously will have many more opportunities if he stays healthy to win a PGA and, and get his fourth major. Um, but is that, is that your sense as well that, it, that, that maybe the greater sports world doesn't quite know what's on the line here? I think we're going to build up to it because, you know, it's it's only Monday of the sports week and we have,
0: uh, you know, all the way up till uh, Thursday before the tournament begins. I bet, you know, come Wednesday, the buzz for this and what the moment um, represents will we'll, we'll build and we'll start seeing it because, you know, it is a very quiet time on the sports calendar. It's not yeah, like golf yeah. is competing with much else right now. But, you know, the, the Monday of a major is always, you know, a moment to hear a little bit about how the course looks and what the weather yeah, forecast yeah, yeah. looks like. Sure. And the odds haven't really, you know, you, you have your best odds now. We'll talk about that. Um, don't wait till Wednesday to, to get you on, on uh, some of your, your wagerings. Um, but I bet by Wednesday it'll be in the, in the mainstream sports media mouth.
1: Well, let me just go through a couple of the reasons why I, I think this is such a big accomplishment. And, uh, you know, we had a conference call with CBS last week. Jim Nance said it would be one of the greatest accomplishments in the history of the game. And I was like, wow, he's – and he was saying it in a way he wasn't just promoting the telecast and wanting people to watch. You know, he took us through how he went to St. Andrews when when Tiger had his chance and then and then did succeed at St. Andrews to capture the Career Grand Slam. So, we a lot of us know about a Career Grand Slam because of tennis – um, eight people have done it in tennis, and I think it's a lot harder to do in golf, um, but what's cool about it is we have something similar with tennis. We have the different surfaces, if you will, with, with the four majors having different presentations. Um, some people have argued that they've gotten too similar. The, the irony is... That the course Jordan Spieth won the U.S. Open on was firmer and faster than the one he just won the Open Championship on. Um, so if you want to if you want to try to claim he won on a linksy U.S. Open, well, he won on a pretty soft uh, Open Championship course. So to me, it kind of balances out. But I think what I love about the grants the career Grand Slam um, is that it, it it's kind of been a mark of of uh, longevity, consistency, and theory, um, a player's ability to to adapt to the different courses, and and to be lucky, let's be honest. So to do it at a young age, younger than anybody, um, is fascinating. But then when you really go through and look at the people, house who've won the career Grand Slam, very few of them have really known what they were doing. Um, and And I don't want to be knocking Gene Sarazen or Ben Hogan – two of the five, but really the, the the concept of the Grand Slam as we know it now didn't exist. Um, and Sam Snead, who, who famously pursued it and, and came up short, he was really just wanting to win the U.S. Open as an American. It wasn't as much a Grand Slam concept. So I think when you whittle it down, it really is, it started around Palmer's time and Gary Player was the first to kind of uh, really be proud of winning a grand slam and Jack Nicklaus pursued it and he did it. Um, and then of course we had Arnold Palmer with all the heartbreak and the PGA championship, missing a few opportunities and he knew what he was going after. Cause he went over to the open championship and reinvigorated the open and kind of made that modern grand slam. It really is another thing that Arnold Palmer kind of helped crystallize the um, and so my point is really we have three people who've won the grand slam knowing what they had to do and tiger woods did it at a time when people were really watching so for spieth now to pursue this he will be doing it with <clears throat> excuse me with roy McElroy and phil mickelson also trying it in different events but the difference is they're doing it with with people watching and and kind of looking at their watch going well when are you going to do this you know this is exciting and um, so I think that adds a whole dimension to it that's fascinating. And then you look at the guys who have come close, uh, the names are incredible. You know, there's uh, there's eleven others besides Spieth, but Trevino, Palmer, Watson, Sam Sneed, um Mickelson, McElroy have all kind of agonized in a way, or or I think Rory's moving. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we're a few more masters, he doesn't win. It's start it's gonna start to get awkward. It's gonna be this. It's the one he can't win. Of course, it's a it's a wonderful problem to have in life. So, um, I agree with. So, you. those are my reasons on, on on why the Grand Slam I think is so is so fascinating. And then when you couple it with somebody at a young age having a chance to do it, that said, I think this is oddly the hardest one for Spieth. I don't think it's that hard because he finished second at Willow Straits, but his strength is not necessarily uh, overpowering and and making a lot of birdies, which the PGA can be when it, in August he tends to to feed off a firmer faster course or a course that requires um kind of plotting your way around and i don't know we'll see what quail hollow poses but i'm not, i'm not i'm not sensing that that's the kind of test it, it'll be i hope i'm wrong we'll see well i i think speeth is he's
0: he's demonstrated you mentioned his performance at at um whistling straits so he has the chops because that season uh that twenty fifteen season after winning the Masters in the US Open, he was right there uh until the road hole road hole at St. Andrews yeah. at, at making his way into the playoff in the open championship, and he was right there as they teed off on uh the final round of of the two thousand fifteen PGA at Whistling Straits, and he just got a little bit, you know, run over by Day. Uh, not a lot of bit, uh, but Jason Day, just had, you know, an in uh, uh, a fiery hot, white hot game that day. Spieth, uh was was there with yeah. him, shot for Amazing. shot through yeah. three rounds,
1: exactly. And that's why you have to get lucky sometimes, because look, you, you, you can go through a lot of these, and, and people ran into buzzsaws like that. I um, mean, Jordan Spieth was 1,700 in a PGA Championship and didn't win. Um, right. So you do have to get lucky, and um, uh, and I think that's part of the kind of the 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 thrill of it. And uh, but you know they had the replay last week of the PGA Championship, the last time it was held in North Carolina in 1974, and Lee Trevino won, and it was really cool. But the first thing he said, <laughs> first thing out of his mouth, is, "Well, now I've got three legs." And you know I guess I'm going to at the time he was bickering with Augusta National and didn't like Clifford Roberts and he had passed on a few masters and he basically said I'm going to you know go back there cuz I w- I want to win the Grand Slam and and then he of course later in his career always lamented that he had such a a poor attitude about Augusta and it probably cost him a chance to to win there and and then uh, win the gr- uh, career Grand Slam cuz it really does say something about your career that you could adapt to all these uh these surfaces if you will of golf. So um yeah. anyway, Having, so I think it's yeah. good, it's really exciting. I hope he I hope he uh, gives it a shot and he's downplayed it uh appropriately, but I I'm sure deep down he knows that uh it'd be an incredible thing to be able to do. He's a historian. He's well aware of I all wait. these things.
0: Of course, no he he's done an uh, excellent job of of conveying and communicating in his uh, press conferences and and the like, you know, where he he's, he's acutely aware of his place in history and the achievement, um, where his achievements so far stand in relation to the peers that he seeks to be among. The uh, interesting thing is, I don't think he's going to win this week. <laughs> so we'll have an well, opportunity to go through on our that. Picks. In, on that in, in, lovely in a couple note, minutes. let's
1: let's say uh, let's say a few words. Let's get to our picks, and then we'll get to Amanda, who's got some good insights on on uh, Quail Hollow and the telecast, which has some exciting things to uh, to debut this week. CBS going all in. We'll discuss that, but first, House, our friends, talk to me sir. at Odyssey Golf. Yeah, the number one putter in golf. Uh, they continue to dominate with the most worldwide putter wins. Uh, of course, now. Odyssey's coming out with the new O'Works Red and the O-Works Black putters. Beautiful putters with additional head shapes. And, of course, our good friend, the micro hinge insert. Uh, they're now in stores from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. And uh, maybe on the Shack house? Oh, yeah. yeah. Look,
0: Shaq, we, we cannot... Have the last major tournament of the season go by without another outstanding giveaway. Your good friends at the Checkhouse, in collaboration with the good people at Odyssey, we are giving away one each of these beauties the Odyssey Red and the Odyssey Black. Here's how you can win the Odyssey Red. We have an in the red contest this week. Please. You guys got did a very good job of this. Going to jeffshackelford.com. so Jeff will put up after the, the the podcast goes live. He'll post some show notes. Go to his site. Go to the the entry with the show notes, and in the comments there, put your name in. We need we need two things from you for the in the red. This is to win the Odyssey red. We need what the cut line is going to be, and okay. how many people make the cut. So that's just like the Open Championship. We had the same contest. If there are multiple, multiple folks with the same correct entry, we're going to choose from random out of a hat, out of a nice Callaway hat. We'll choose a random winner out of the, the guys that get the, that, that information correct. So that's how you get at the Odyssey Red go to okay, shackford.com so, the show notes to uh, underneath this today's show
1: okay. and enter in cut line number of guys that made the cut the cut line score 36 yep. hole score and the number of guys to make the cut exactly right
0: okay that's in the red that's how you get it an Odyssey red for the black putter shack we're being very generous with this one we want to know who you think the winner is going to be and what the winning score is going to be. But we're going to let you make your entry, post your entry, and only one entry each, please. You can go ahead and submit an entry for the red and an entry for the black, but please do not put in multiple entries underneath each, multiple guesses. We will find your email, track you down, and excommunicate you from the Callaway community.
1: Well, that's a little strong, but yeah, we will disqualify. So
0: Disqualify, Uh, right. So we need, uh, for the Callaway black, you have until noon, 12 noon, This Saturday. So the third round will already be underway. Uh, You can submit an entry for the Odyssey Black uh, Putter Contest all the way up till 12 noon on uh, com in the comments section. Just put in the, the subject line, entry for Odyssey Black. We need to know the name of the winner. And the winning score, and we need your email so we can track you down to give you this beauty if you win. All the way up till twelve noon Friday. Jeff and I will both be posting in, on Twitter and in our social media the you know the deadlines for the entries. We need the the for the Odyssey Red, you have until midnight Wednesday night. For the Odyssey Black, you have till twelve noon on Saturday. Two contests because we want our our listeners to win.
1: I love it. I'm I'm excited. I like that we're going to. Uh... Give people a chance to see what happens for two rounds, and then and then pick a winner.
0: Yeah, that's fun, right? Yeah, yeah it's
1: more it's more fun. Let's be honest, because yeah, it's just you just never know this time of year. Well, how about that segue, Shaq? Yeah, how about that? Now, I, I of course, we we have some obvious picks this week, Um, but I think what's fun about Quail Hollow is we have a golf course that we have some uh, we have some track records on. It's like uh, for me, it was like uh, reading the Daily Racing Form, getting to. To look and see who's uh, run well over this track. Now there are caveats, so we have to make sure people know that they've made changes to the golf course. They have changed the grasses, uh, so there's some some warm season grasses here, um, just in, just in time for Quail Hollow's <laughs> next PGA to probably have to change grasses again uh, back to when it's played in May. But anyway, that's their problem, not ours. So um, no, I hear it's in good shape. They have a super uh, uh, superintendent here. And, uh, but, but just keep that in mind that some of these players who have track records at Quail Hollow and the Wells Fargo or the Wachovia championship, as it was previous call previously called, uh, are, um, you know, going to see some new things and new holes. And Tom Fazio has changed more holes and, uh, I have not heard rave reviews to date uh from players who who uh who liked the old course but uh you know we'll we'll see what happens uh, as they get here and they eat the the, the great food that Johnny Harris uh, serves up and um oh. and yeah 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 he knows how to take care of them so I, you won't hear much co- complaining, even if they don't like it but um so obviously you you've written off Jordan Speith so um and I understand why I think I'm assuming it's his only one appearance at Quail Hollow and that it seems like it's going to favor some some long, fairly straight driving. Uh, Two things that are probably uh, not his greatest strengths. I'm assuming yeah. that's your theory. And I, okay. I
0: just to be fair, I would never write off Jordan Spieth. Me I neither. You know, that that, that <laughs> feels again. disrespectful. I'm not writing off anybody. I just think the 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 way. We're sitting here on a Monday. The way this tournament feels, I'm leaning in a different direction. I would never write off Jordan Spieth because that feels disrespectful to me.
1: Do we need to discuss Hideki Matsuyama? I think it's rather obvious. He's a he's just a prime contender in every way. He's playing a little better every year in the PGA. He's played every uh, every year. He's played at Kuala Hollow, He's gotten a little bit better. We don't need to. Let's
0: just say to to the to the listening public, if you're building you know teams and you have a chance at in your in your fantasy league or maybe it's through a draft or something to put Rory uh, McElroy on your team or Hideki Matsuyama on your on your team or Ricky Fowler on your team, you should do that because all those guys have both the track record and the current form that suggests that they're entirely capable of winning. I one thing in particular about Ricky uh <laughs> not 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 just his outstanding performance quietly uh if you can say that about his 2017 he he he's very high up in all of the strokes gained categories yeah. especially yeah. putting but he shot a very quiet 67 66 this weekend uh at, at at Firestone so i i'm pretty sure um he's in in, in pretty good form yeah um but I don't. I don't want to belabor any of those guys. They're they're all great picks. You know how I approach this. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, looking, yeah. We're looking for value. We're looking for value exactly. And and value starts to jump off the page when you know you see guys uh, on on the board here at at prices like you know seven and a half to one. That's what you have. That's what the what you get for Jordan. Seven and a half to one for Rory. DJ twelve to one. Hideki twelve to one. That's. But I can I can I can just slide down a little bit, and at at uh, double that price I can have Brooks Kepka. Now Brooks Kepka, interesting, not a big track record at Quail Hollow, no, but no. not necessarily a disqualifier, no, because no. Quail Hollow has had this tendency to produce some breakthrough wins. In well, fact, also,
1: let's be honest. Some inconsistency. You look and see, even the guys who've played well here, you'll 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 just see a random miscut or a random bad finish, and it, so it, it. It you're right. It's not. It's not uh, the track record is not the be all end all of this course. And and uh,
0: we have two of the names that we just mentioned. Both Rory McElroy and Ricky Fowler obtained first wins at this venue. Yes. So. Break, breakthrough winner is an A-OK uh, trait um, to, to consider as you sort of uh, assess the situation here. Now, Kepka's not a breakthrough winner because he kicked ass at the U.S. Open and then had a T-6 at the Open Championship um, after basically taking a month off. So that's that's talent through the years. And I like talent through the ears at this delicious price of, of 25 to 1. Okay. That's one name I'm sharing All with right. you, Shaq. Give me and more. The next, the next name for you. And I love this price. I, I, I just, uh, it, it, it's a wonderful price. And uh, the folks will hear a little tidbit from Amanda Balionis about this guy. I am loving John Rahm at 28 to 1. He had an outstanding driving performance over the weekend uh, at, at Firestone. Perhaps not the very best iron performance this past weekend at Firestone, but this is a guy that's been around the hoop. Now, it's I don't think that we, we um, are at a moment where we disqualify him from all majors because of what he's shown to date. He had a blow-up round at the Masters. Uh, he had a blow-up round at the uh, U.S. Open. He he had a uh, he was never going to win at Burkdale. It's just not his his style of, of play and not his style of, of golf course. I don't think. Um, but this kind of venue with it, the attributes that we keep hearing about long and accurate off the tee, ball strikers, big hitters. The course has been lengthened. There's rain in the forecast. It's wet already. John Rahm is a guy who who uh, to me with his aggressive style thought, of play. I thought could, you were going to could have dig a breakthrough. little... breakthrough.
1: Deeper than the number, I think he's number five or six in the world now.
0: Well, uh, he's he's twenty eight to one. So wonderful value for me.
1: Okay, come I, on. I have I have two other names. All right, I'm waiting for some
0: some some shock value here. You want some? You want you want to go deep? I don't think any of this is shocking. At okay, 80, eighty to one former winner. At Quail Hollow, I don't remember whether it was the Wachovia or the Wells Fargo at the time that he won it. Eighty to one, J.B. Holmes, oh, another great big gosh. bomber. What's wrong with that?
1: No, I was that was going to be one of my my deep <laughs> deep down the well, list picks. I mean, no, 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 no.
0: And my, nah. and the last guy that I have uh, that I well, hey, no, um,
1: let's not leave J.B. yet. Yeah, you know, he's, uh, go he's ahead. well. Let's hear why, well, I why just, you you liked him. Oh, I just like the fact that uh, well, he has he has the win here. Uh, he had a, uh, a top 10 at the Greenbrier. He played nicely at the U.S. Open at Aaron Hills, a very long golf course. He made the cut at the Open, um, fine at the Canadian. You know, he's just, he's just kind of chugging along. He didn't get off to the best start earlier in the year. And uh, I, I like all that. I like that if this, if this golf course ends up playing long, he's obviously somebody who knows how to hit the ball a long way. Uh, he just has to kind of get his iron play and, and putting in gear. Those numbers are a little bit weak, but yeah, in golf weeks uh, tend to watch. I had him on the on the list. He's he's a great short game guy, great recovery player around the greens. He's grown up playing in the heat and Bermuda grass, so I, I just liked all those kinds of things uh, about him. And that his form is is not spectacular, but it's also very solid. Uh,
0: that's a nice segue into my last. Now this is a little bit of a long shot, uh, hundred to one. I'm taking a look at Tony Finau, okay. and the reason that I'm looking at him, it feels like of all the majors, the one he's most likely to have a breakthrough on is, is the PGA. He was on the leaderboard in 2015 at Whistling Straits uh, for quite a while, and uh, you, we, his, his, his power and his ability to uh, create opportunities through his length is, is uh, well-established. Uh, at a hundred to one, I like uh Mr. now.
1: Okay. Uh now we didn't talk about Kevin Chappell, who we've we've discussed uh you know multiple times who we like. I think he he was seventy the, the one the last time I looked. Um he has a decent record at Quail Hollow. He's got a couple of top fifteens. He's playing very well as we know. Um he's played consistently well at quail which isn't always uh the norm with some of these guys uh charlie hoffman who will we'll talk about with uh, amanda balionis who's obviously red hot house what do you see in his number at last i looked he was at 50 to 1 which seemed incredible given he's just finished third and uh second and third and and uh he's in his last six starts he's got all these top tens and
0: yeah, I'm seeing him at fifty to one. Still. Okay.
1: Wow, that's a great value. And then let me give you the the super great value, and, and mercifully we we're gonna name one guy from our show sponsor, Callaway, uh Danny Lee, who I think is in well over a ah, hundred to one, maybe one hundred twenty five. Yeah. Uh, I, I he did not show up
0: on any of my lists as I did my research for this.
1: Oh, okay. Uh well he's got a, a ninth a T nine and a thirteenth in his last two starts at Quail. Um and he's uh he's been playing steadily. Um, so I'll just double check if you didn't come up in any I, of your, well, you, look, I have them down here at 200 to one. There you I go. I just
0: added them here. Here's my list. I'm going to read off some names for you as my top 20 guys. So if you're looking to round out yeah, yeah um, fantasy teams you know, and all that, I mean, that's why we with daily yeah. fantasy, I'm yeah. going to bet these guys, all of them for top twenties. Cause I think they're all plus odds. <laughs> all Danny 20 Lee, of them. <laughs> no, I have, I have six. Okay and, okay. and four of them are based on form and two of them are based on, uh, chops. So you just said Charlie Hoffman. He, he's getting one of my uh, top 20 bets. Zach Johnson, he's getting a top 20 bet. Daniel Berger, who I wouldn't be surprised to see win, but I'm, I'm definitely making a top 20 uh, bet on him. He, he finished inside the top 20 the one time he's played at Quail Hollow, and he, he had a great driving uh, performance over his four rounds. He had a T17. The other two guys, I just added Danny Lee. And then Mark Leishman paid off quite nicely with the top twenty at the Open Championship. I'm going to ride him again. Another guy with pedigree. And then Thomas Peters, uh, who showed through three three rounds at Firestone, uh, his, his chops and his ability um, to get off the tee.
1: <laughs> he, he got a little fiery again on the weekend at Firestone. I, I love <laughs> it. Uh, uh, I do too. But I, I, you know, the problem I have is watching it. It there's fiery, and then there's fiery that's starting to to detract from your ability to uh, score. Um, All right. Well, I think we've given people some good names there to look at. And we're also going to give you some insights from uh, Amanda Balionis, the media correspondent for Callaway Media Productions. And, of course, she used to work at uh, the PGA Tour uh, and did wonderful recaps that uh, you could watch on YouTube and fun stuff like that. And then she moved to Callaway. And uh, Callaway has kindly allowed her to – um, take on this new role this year with CBS that that, that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, they have a cart that's sponsored, I think, by uh, Microsoft. And uh, to me, House, it's really added something to the telecast. You know, we've been very tough on CBS at times. they felt very flat. And they're all in this week, <laughs> House. Not only are they in with, of course, with Amanda doing her interviews um, that that I think are just better interviews. The players seem more at ease. They're looking at something visual. When there's a highlight, they're just able to look at it instead of looking for some monitor or having the the reporter describe to them what they're supposed to be seeing. Um, they're getting them a few minutes after they've they've been um come off the course, which has helped them cool off a little sometimes. Um, and then Amanda just has a great way about her. So her incorporation of stats and all that's great. But CBS is all in this week. They're going big time on the tech house because somebody's contract is up. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, isn't that funny how that works? Yeah, so the PGA of America's contract with CBS and TNT goes through 2019, and amazingly, it's already 2017, how time flies. And so just not coincidentally, in my view, they are upping the ante a little bit, and we're going to see them go all in this week with Trackman and Tracers. and Yeah, I I welcome it. I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, so we're going to cover a few things with Amanda, and uh, let's get to that conversation with the senior media correspondent for Callaway Media Productions and, of course, for TNT and CBS, Amanda Balionis. All right. Well, joining us now in the Shack House, Amanda Balionis. Amanda, thank you so much. You are in Charlotte. You're near Quail Hollow. Thank you for finally coming on the show. Congratulations on all of your visibility and success this year.
2: Well, thank you, and thanks for having me on. I know I've been torturing you guys about it for about the last year, so I'm, I'm happy that I finally made it.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we decided we'd put you to work because we're excited <laughs> about this PGA Championship for a number of reasons, right, House? I think we are. I, I am, yeah. So, Balionis,
0: let's be honest here. It's not simply a matter of, of uh, an invite by us to you to come onto the Sheck House. <laughs> we, we We have to track you down. I mean, I don't know where... In the United, in these United States of America, to find you any given week.
2: <laughs> I got to be honest. Sometimes I forget what city I'm going to when I get to the airport, and they say, "What's your final destination?" And I've had to look it up on my phone a couple of times. <laughs> but it's been really fun traveling this much, especially with CBS.
1: Are they a fun group to hang out with? They've they've embraced you.
2: Oh, they are the absolute best, and I I talk about this. All the time. You never know what to expect. You know, you see um, these names like the Lance Barrows and the Jim Nances and the Dottie Peppers and Peter Cosses. You see these names so often and you you watch them on TV and it it can kind of feel intimidating. Uh, But the moment I walked in, they were just the most welcoming group. And the coolest thing about CBS is that the majority of people from everyone, you know, from graphics to The catering trucks, to the directors, everyone's been there for thirty plus years. You know, which I think speaks to the culture of CBS. I mean, people just love working uh, with this group. It's such a family out on the road. So they've been amazing in uh, kind of embracing me. I I get the rookie hazing once in a while, uh, the hard time, but so far it has not been that bad.
0: (laughs) The trade-off is that you're getting uh, golf lessons from Peter Costas, right? I mean, let's be honest.
2: Oh my gosh. It was, so I've only had one lesson with Costas so far and I, it was the most grueling lesson I've ever had. I mean, I've been taking golf lessons since I was probably nine, nine years old, eight years old. And when I saw him on the range and he said, all right, let's take a look at your swing. So, uh, you know, I I took my swing. I think generally people are pretty nice because they know, you know, we're amateurs, you know, we just kind of hack it around. And usually people say, wow, that's a pretty good swing. He goes, oh, we have a lot to work on. And proceeded <laughs> to just change everything in my swing for the next hour. And I was so sore the next day. Uh, but I mean, he's an incredible teacher. You, you understand, just from listening, him on, listening to him on television, we, when he breaks down with the swing vision, you understand how great he is at it. But when he's really talking to you and giving you these, these visual cues of of ways to execute in ways that you never thought you could, um, it really becomes apparent why he has risen to the level that he has.
1: Now, one thing that's happened on these telecasts, Amanda, is that you have, in a, in a sense, taken uh, a little bit of the, the job away from uh, Peter and Dottie sometimes of interviewing the players in their group. And I got to be honest with you. I'm I'm probably guessing they're not too brokenhearted about that because it seems like so many of those post round interviews were so unnecessarily uh, chippy or awkward. Or th- there was something I think about sometimes you get a player after the round, but when you've been interviewing, what I'm so impressed by is how much more relaxed the setting is. And and I know that's your you doing that. I think the cart helps, um, but. You're also getting them a few minutes after they've had a chance to cool off. Um, but but yeah. tell, tell us a little bit about what that's like, because I think it's really, really added great energy to the, the telecasts And also, I just enjoy the things you're doing with stats and, and visuals and all that good stuff. But kind of tell us how it came about and, and what you like and don't like about those interviews.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with Dottie and Peter and what a lot of people maybe don't or really fully comprehend um, when you're just watching the telecasts. First of all, how hard their jobs are. I mean, they are out there walking, yeah. you know, miles and miles a day, following sometimes up to three to four different groups, and they have to know every single guy's game. They have to be in the right position. They have to call not only call the shots, but then be able to, you know. Continue talking about these players and what their job is just so hard. So I think what was what I was able hopefully to alleviate from them is that need to. Hey, Dottie, I know that you're walking with group so and so, but we need you to get the scoring because all of a sudden two mm. groups ahead, someone's done something, and we need to get that interview. You know, and that's just you can't ask someone to be in a million different places at one time. Um, so I think what the great thing about the smart card is that it gives us. The availability for Dottie and Peter to do their job, um, you know, which they are tremendous at, to the best of their ability, without having to feel like, oh gosh, am I going to get pulled in, you know, an- another direction, even still, even, you know what I mean? So I yeah. think the great thing about that is that I now have the sole responsibility in my team, you know, work with some great producers um, as well of being able to collect the guys. That and get their highlights together and be able to really bring a guy in and create more of a relaxed environment. You know, and, and like you mentioned, it, it makes it a lot easier to have those tough interviews when I'm not the one saying, hey, you know, Dustin Johnson, tell me about that terrible shot you hit in the water on 13. <laughs> now I can just say, hey, Dustin, we're going to take a look at this shot on 13. You tell me what happened. Uh, and that that does make it easier, I think, for everyone to talk about. The players don't feel like we're attacking them. Um, when you're mm. showing them stats, whether they're really great or they're not so great, I think <laughs> they're very open to the fact that, hey, yeah, here's something I clearly need to work on. Or, hey, yeah, this is something I did really well today. And it's not me bragging because we're you're showing it right here on the board. So I think it just kind of opens up that communication a little bit better and makes them feel more relaxed than maybe just a regular interview where they're not sure what's coming up next.
1: Well and I and I appreciate that watching it because and House knows I've told them this that, that it seems like the players are more sensitive than ever about pretty basic questions about their round or or a, a good shot or a bad shot or, or and I love when you pull up the stats and you've not been afraid sometimes to show where they where they've been lacking uh, during the season and where they're picking it up during the week and I I uh, I just think it's it's really added to the telecast house. You got uh, something for Amanda? Yeah,
0: I do, and and I want to uh, pick up right off of that idea. I found the cart and the way that it's been used this way um, and your delivery of it. Amanda, um, a really uh, helpful part of the telecast because of one of the things that Shaq just said, we're getting some information that wasn't part of the traditional broadcast. We're getting kind of another layer, uh, a sort of analytical layer to um the presentation of of the players performance out there that previously you know you you could find out after a round but we're not getting we weren't previously getting it in real time so here's what i i want to hear uh Balionis. for this week um tell us a little bit about the tech setup if you can and what you think the um presentation is going to look like this week um from turner and from cbs yeah
2: i mean it's, it's going to be crazy the uh Turner and CBS, it's it's just full-court press the entire time, wall-to-wall coverage, um, both digitally and obviously um, uh, on television as well. I actually am working with uh, Turner Sports Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, just doing their social coverage, Um, you know, Facebook Live, Periscope, uh, you know, we're doing things live on Instagram, literally anywhere you can think of on digital platforms. They're trying to bring you as much of the, you know, almost pregame coverage as possible, which I think is really great for people to kind of get a, an idea of how players are feeling, especially with these changes that we've been talking about at Quail Hollow, how certain players are feeling coming off of, you know, maybe they played in the WGC last week, or maybe they had a week off, but they've been working on. So giving that access, I think is always great. And then CBS is just doing so much with our technology, um, you know, we're doing a 4k telecast uh, for the closing holes, for that green mile for 16, 17, and 18, which I think is going to be it's going to air on direct TV. Um, but those yeah. 4k cameras are just next level, which is going to be awesome. Um, they also had this thing called the ARL virtual eye. Um, which I think they had it last year as well. But it's just another use of TrackMan's fall tracing capabilities on T-Shots. And yep. they kind of do it within the 3D hole model, uh, which oh. is really cool. And uh, and then you have just TrackMan in general. Uh, I think there's a new broadcast technology that they're going to be using on all 18 holes, and that uses 3D radar as well. So it's going to track live T-Shots um, and showing like the apex, the ball speed, the distance, um, and it's all going to be a part um, of the broadcast. So they're doing, I, I just think it's so cool. We, we know, right, we're, we're just so attached to technology and that need of having more information and having it faster every day. Um, and I just think it's a really great balance that CBS and Turner has found of keeping the game you know, the way that we love watching it at home, but then giving you those options of these added things that you can really see and maybe learn more um, in a different kind of experience, like with the 4K or with the digital broadcast as well.
1: Yeah, we uh, had a conference call last week and Sean McManus, the big man at CBS, rolled this out. And it was a very, it was a little shocking when he mentioned the track on all 18 and and, uh, yeah. the, the, the tech push is really going to be exciting. And I, you know, we interviewed Tommy Roy earlier this year and he's, he's not a huge fan of the track, man. Cause he thinks that a lot of the information, most people, uh, uh, d- really don't find useful or wouldn't know what it is. And I would agree with him, uh, except that I think it looks cool. I think it just makes things look more modern. And I think, you know, that's what you've done with the cart as well. Just, it just, even if people don't, Understand what you're talking about with strokes game. they they kind of get a sense that this is a a, a modern kind of cool uh, take on on the game.
2: Yeah, and I hope so. And I think that was part of my goal too. I mean, you know, I worked at the PGA Tour for five years um, before starting this role um, with CBS and working with Callaway and and now with um, Turner Sports as well. But one of the things was, you know, day in and day out we're starting to see how much more important the stats were becoming in the game year after year. I mean, from the time I started in 2011 and Jeff, you can probably speak to this as well. I didn't feel like stats were really used all that much. No. And then, I mean, you talk now in 2017 and everything is being put in reference to a player's stats, uh, which I think is great. I, I think it, it it gives a better understanding of how players get to you know, the top in the world, or or what's causing a player to maybe fall back um, in the standings or on a leaderboard. But my goal was really, how can I make this easily digestible for someone watching at home that maybe hasn't been watching golf their whole life, or maybe doesn't understand these apps? Because I know when Stroke's game was first introduced to me, I had no idea what it meant. And it took me a while to really understand it and be able to put it into you know, and this idea that I could digest and and utilize. So that is like hopefully part of the goal is that we're bringing these stats that may be intimidating to some people and make them more easily understood so that people at home don't feel, you know, overwhelmed or, or maybe lost by these stats.
0: Well, I think that's going to provide a very helpful and useful framework <laughs> for <laughs> what I'm about to put you on the spot yeah. Translation.
1: For here. Translation. He wants. He wants some intel. He wants to I know do want some bet intel. On, <laughs> okay? This is this <laughs> is the <laughs> right to the point.
0: Shaq's heard this before. So two <laughs> things, Miss Balionis, Two things we need from you. In the first place, you told us as we got on the phone together that you just left the golf course. So we need a little bit of yep. intel about how it's playing, how it looks, and we we know that there's some rain in the forecast. Um, so we need yep. a little bit of input from you some. on. <laughs> <On>, wow. <well, laughs> look, I learned the hard way to not trust any of these weather reports on yes, Monday. Okay, good. Shaq? I, lo- okay. I lost every one of those scoring bets in the UK because the the, the great monsoon uh, from the
1: Irish Sea yeah, never but materialized. You, but they were right at Aaron Hills and you cashed on that. So go on. Anyway... <laughs>
0: So Amanda, a little bit about the course, but then we're going to talk about some players that you, you you've had, might have your eye on. Obviously, the big names okay. are the big names, but we want to go deep. So first, let's hear a little bit about your experience on the course.
2: Yeah, um, I, so I was really just sticking to the reins today. I'll be more on the course tomorrow, uh, but from what I heard from the players, I interviewed quite—I mean, quite a few of them today. And it, they all said the same thing. I mean, this course is going to be playing really long. It's just, it's already wet. There is a sub air system on the course, so it, it is going to drain. But if if the weather forecast holds up, which I can tell you from being out there, it felt like it was 100% humidity the entire day. Um, this course is just going to play really long, which plays obviously right into the hands of the big hitters out there, um, which also plays into the hands of the guys, in my opinion, that played. Uh, at Bridgestone at Firestone Country Club last week because they had to to pull driver pretty much on, what, 14 possible holes they could have pulled driver. Pretty much every player had to do that if they were going to keep up and and stay aggressive. So I think guys that had the ability to hone in on that last week are going to have the advantage this week here at Quail Hollow. Um, In regards to the changes, I don't really think that's going to change any anyone's game plan all that much or or a certain style really when you talk about player styles Um, but it is something to be you know aware of because I think when you have new greens sometimes they can play a little bit more difficult a little bit firmer than than greens that have been settled in for a little bit so I think that's something to really keep an eye on and guys that I talked to today seem to think the key is really going to be hitting these fairways. Um, You know, they said putting is just going to be really challenging for everyone. But if you, you know, miss those opportunities with driving accuracy and distance off the tee, you're going to be playing at a severe disadvantage.
0: Hmm. Well, look, uh, we're not going to make this easy on you. Um, uh, All all of the, uh, you know, expectations and and, uh, expert prognostication to date obviously features the big names. We know about Rory and his track record at Quail Hollow and what kind of form he's in. We know how well Ricky's been playing. DJ's performance over the course of the year. uh, On parallel, Jordan Spieth looking to complete his...
1: um, That would be the career grand slam.
0: So those names, (laughs) I don't want to hear anything about any of those names. Give us two or three (laughs) names that we we might not be thinking.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you have got to put Charlie Hoffman out there. Um yeah. he has just been playing so unbelievably well and you know, it's not even so much his game that's been impressing me, which obviously that has. He lost in the playoffs um at the RBC Canadian Open and then he finished third uh this past week at the WGC Bridgestone. It's it's absolutely been his mentality after these really disappointing losses. Um and I think I talked to him after the Masters, you know, when he really felt like he had a chance to win his first major and did not perform the way he wanted. And I talked to him, I believe, a Tuesday afterwards, and he said he was very honest. He he was pretty down on himself. He didn't talk the entire time. I mean, he and his family drove from Augusta to Hilton Head, and he said not a word was spoken in that car uh, because he was really that upset. And Mm. he was a completely different person after I talked to him just moments after he lost in that playoff to Jonathan Vegas in Toronto, he was pretty upbeat for a guy that, you know, just let another win kind of slip away. And he said to me, even before his round, he said, you know what, if this isn't my week, that's okay. I'm so confident in my game that I know that there's always next week. And when I talked to him yesterday, after kind of that same feeling, um, you know, he, he said he had the same, kind of attitude just you know what my game is where I need it to be and I feel good and I feel really great heading into a major championship and the PGA championship has not really been a great uh major for him but I feel like he is certainly someone to keep an eye on this week um and then let's see who else could I think of that is not one of those big names that you put out there I I'm hesitant to say this but Zach Johnson is another one that's been playing so well I just He's just not super long off the tee, yeah. but he has been so accurate, um, you know, when it comes to his iron play, you know, his short game has really turned on starting back at the John Deere classic. And I think that's the kind of guy, if anyone can make it happen on greens that are going to be um, maybe a little unpredictable. I think he is a guy that could certainly make it happen right now because he's trending in the right direction. And then John Rahm, I talked to earlier. Today and he actually went out of his way to say to me, "Hey, I was driving it really well this weekend. I think I was actually first in driving accuracy." And I love that he knew those stats. And he told me if I can get my iron phoned in and my ball striking, you know, really dialed in, he said, "I think I have a great chance this week." So I think those are those are probably three guys to keep an eye on.
1: Well, this is exciting to me. I have one one last thing for Amanda. You interviewed Jordan Spieth, obviously. Uh, We talked earlier in the show about the career Grand Slam and all the things that go into that. Uh, What was your sense last week about how, and I'm I'm not saying he didn't try at Firestone, but I just feel like he's really focused on pacing himself better, and that's paying off now. These trips to Cabo, he went fishing in Montana. Was he grinding last week, or was he just performing but 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 also keeping in mind that he had a quick turnaround to get here to to Charlotte and play a major starting Thursday.
2: Yeah, you know, I think with guys like Jordan, there is no not trying. You know, I think there's zero or 100. Yeah. Um hmm. I think I think it's coming off of he said to me "I not that I asked him that same thing, but I did ask him how much of last week was focusing on that week and how much were you already kind of preparing for this week? And he said to me off camera and on camera, I was completely focused on this week. I just had a lot of rough Mm. knockoff after, you know, you're celebrating winning a major championship. And this is, I would argue that the open championship is the hardest to win and then try to continue on that momentum for the rest of the season, because you do need some time to probably mentally rest and, and physically kind of recuperate. You have the right to celebrate and you should take those moments in. Um, but then to come back and come right into a WGC and then a major and then you roll right into the playoffs. I mean, that's a grueling stretch for someone who has just reached um, a really high point, you know, in their career. So I think his point to me was just, you know, I was shaking off some rust. I've been grinding it out, just trying to get everything, you know, kind of back on track after that week off after winning a major championship. Yeah. So I think he was giving it 100 percent. I just think that 100 percent looks different after what he was coming off
1: of. Thank you. That's good to know because I I never, I'm always fascinated by his energy and just watching how he works. And, and uh, I've always thought he expends too much. uh, And and I love seeing that he's pacing himself. So, uh, so tell us, uh, remind us again where we're going to see you starting Thursday with TNT. And then as we get into the weekend with CBS.
2: Yeah, um, so you can catch me, I believe, starting Thursday morning, I'll be on PGA.com digital coverage, Okay, and then starting Thursday, once TNT goes on air, I will be right there uh, for the post-round interviews, Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday, I'll be on TNT early coverage and then CBS uh, late coverage all the way until the final putt drop.
1: I'm exhausted. It's going to be a busy, busy week. Well... (laughs) It's awesome. You've, you're have you doing yeah, a great job. Great. You've worked uh, really hard at it. We're thrilled uh, for everything you do, of course, uh, as a media correspondent for Callaway Media Productions and, of course, for TNT and CBS. House, anything else you want to tell Amanda? Any, any other picks you want to try to get out of her? Don't be afraid, Amanda,
0: to send out um, a little snapshot <laughs> of whatever that Carolina barbecue looks like. I'm going to be oh. on the West Coast this week. So I'm going to miss out on, on coming down. I'm not going to be able to sample it myself. Send me a, a little picture of what that Carolina barbecue looks like.
2: I, I can do that because I've heard that you uh you have an affinity for food. So I'm going to try yeah. and be too proud this week.
1: Thank you. <laughs> All right, Amanda, thanks so much. Have a great uh, PGA week. I'll see you out at the course, and uh, we look forward to what hopefully is a, a an exciting finish that ends on Sunday night.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys.
1: All right. Well, thank you again, Amanda, for joining us from Quail Hollow or nearby Quail Hollow and, and uh, on what will be a very busy week for her house. Busy week for me. I'm here for uh, doing my normal duties for Golf Week, for Golf Channel. Uh, and of course, we're going to have a Sunday night rap show. You, uh, will I be talking to you from my hometown, Los Angeles, or will you have returned to Washington, D.C., uh, five pounds heavier? Oh, I'm going to be probably 12 pounds heavier, Shaq. You're coming east. (laughs) I'm going west. We're taking
0: House of Carbs on the road, Shaq. Beautiful. Be sure to check Ringer Media uh, at Twitter and at Ringer on Instagram as well as at House from D.C. We're going to be eating all the food that there is to eat in Los Angeles, California, as well as recording a whole slew of podcasts um, for the rest of the month for House of Carbs, Uh, but Shaq, I will be back in D.C. We're going to have our wrap-up podcast
1: Sunday night. Sunday night, yeah. Hey, you know what else, House? Phil Mickelson. Did you know this is his 100th major start? I did not know that. You're going to know it pretty soon because (laughs) to celebrate this major milestone, our friends, our sponsors at Callaway have a site devoted to this mind-boggling accomplishment, which in the modern game, I think really is going to become a very incredible mark uh of 100 major starts and uh, so this special site has uh, all sorts of stats edge of your seat moments and crazy equipment setups that phil has used through these 100 major championships and he has certainly done that so go to callowaygolf.com slash phil that's callowaygolf.com slash phil and check it out from our good friends at Callaway. House, I think that's about all we got for this preview episode of the PGA. Are you, are you going to tweet a few picks on, uh, on Wednesday night, or will you do, be too busy gorging?
0: As is my way, I'll tweet out some of the way I'm going to allocate some capital uh, for this PGA championship. Beautiful. I don't want to feel, I know it feels slightly disrespectful to have not mentioned Phil. Well, maybe we've done him a favor. He's overdue for a check. bounce on the Ringer Podcast Network. We'll see you Sunday. Podcast pals, make sure to watch The Ringer's new live reaction show, Talk the Thrones. Each week, Andy Greenwald, Mother of Dragons Mallory Ruben, Chris Ryan and our very own Maester Jason Concepcion are coming to you live after the East Coast airings of Game of Thrones Season 7 Talk the Thrones will stream exclusively on Twitter and Periscope right after each episode ends and can be found on the Ringer's Twitter handle at Ringer. They will be reacting at the same time as you contextualizing the events and explaining everything that just unfolded again. The show is called Talk the Thrones and you can stream it live after the East Coast airings of Game of Thrones Season 7 on the Ringer Twitter and Periscope at Ringer.